All right, let's lock into what God wants to talk about uh, today. All right, so uh, we've been talking about purpose vision um, here on Wednesdays, and we're going to talk about purpose vision again today. <laughs> All right, so so we ended last week just talking about uh, Watts trying to get something at the expense of the moments we're in. Watts trying to get to something else at the expense of the moments we're in. Like uh, maximizing moments. I was talking to a, a high schooler today, uh, and you know we were just talking about uh, we were talking about homework, and you know trying to you know navigate through you know pretty pretty uh, tough schedule. You know this particular high schooler is an athlete, and and his, and his thought was, hey. Just need to get this this uh, this homework down, and so before that, I had to ask him about his time in a word, and he was like, "Well, it's not the you know where it could be." And I said, "So this is the thing, you know, as you continue to mature and you have more demands and more responsibilities, you have to be more intentional in your moments." So sometimes we try to go, you know, like you remember when you went from high school to college. So you try to operate in college like you did in high school. And you think you're freer because, you know, you can make your, your course schedule and stuff like that. So you're like, cool, you know, I don't have class every day. Not knowing that you got to be smart with the days you don't have class. Because <laughs> you could train yourself not to want to go to class the next day. Um, and then so a lot of people, they leave from being... Um, honor roll students as seniors to flunk in their first semester. Or if they don't flunk, they drop out of all their courses so, so it doesn't affect their cumin. Right? Well, well, why is that? Because sometimes we don't go in anticipating moments. And so I was talking to another young man that's uh, overseas today. And I was talking about, you know, uh, and I shared this with, a, with, a, with the husband and the father this week too. I was like, I said, the thing about being a, a, a man of God, being a visionary is, I said, you got to spend time with God so you're out ahead. I said this to the high schooler too. Well, you're out ahead of what's happening. And so you're anticipating what's about to happen and you're preparing for it. I said, but if you, if, if, if you don't maximize your moments and your time with God, everything that comes at you that's about to come up will be an interruption It'll be overwhelming. It'll, it'll create anxiety. You'll be stressed and you'll be frustrated. You know, and, that's, and if you think about it, if we don't mature, we end up being adults like that. Like everything's an interruption. Oh, I can't believe, I can't believe this is happening to me. Well, if we would have stayed locked into God, God would have told you in advanced information what was about to happen and you would have prepared for it. Right? So, so, so again, we can't, try to get to something at the expense of the moments we're in. Like, we, we got to pay attention to each and every moment. Scripture says you have need of patience after you what? Done the will of God, you might receive the promise. So these moments will, are, are, are things that are part of God's will. Because the thing about God's will, it's so intricate, it's so detailed, it considers the whole and it considers everything you're going through. So don't just... It doesn't just consider the platform. It considers the people. It considers the process. It considers the preparation. It considers the things that you're going to need to do differently. 
It's considering everything. It, consider, it considers the sabotagers, the haters, all those things, or the people that uh, uh, the people don't like you, the people that are intimidated by you, and the people that help you. God's will considers everything, right? Our own understanding, people's philosophies, the crowd doesn't consider everything. And so that's why we find ourselves in frustrating situations. And so I said this last week, so I'm going to hit it again just for the sake of understanding. I'm not going to get into all the scriptures on uh, intoxication, but it says we must see that intoxicating ourselves only makes us bloviate as if we're happy with something our sober self would never tolerate. And so I shared that right after we talked about skipping moments because when we allow these things in our lives that we call pleasures, and uh, they, they intoxicate us, they cloud us. Uh, it's not, not necessarily drinking and smoking, we've talked about those things, but relationships sometimes. We'll offer ourselves into a relationship, our emotions get all caught up and the fumes start going, we get clouded and we miss moments. Now, yes, obviously we're talking about boyfriend and girlfriend relationships, but business relationships. Sometimes it's not just, it's, it's acquaintances that the adversary has strategically placed. They're sounding good. And all of a sudden, now you're, you, are, you had a moment and it's going in a direction. Now you're considering this endeavor, that job, this business, you know, this new thing. Why? Because they're in your ear, right? And they're clouding you from the moments that God wants you to see, all right? So it's not just, see, let's look here at Luke 1. Because remember, we talked about the breadcrumbs and, you know, and I I know we really uh, highlighted it with the uh, singles, uh, but the breadcrumbs, like the signs, you know, the different... um, indications along the way to let us know where we're going in the right direction. Don't travel with blinders. All right, so uh, this is, this is um, this is Mary visit, visiting, no, let me get it right. But no, this is uh, Zachariah being told about uh, John, right? And, you know, verse 13, it says, thy, thy, thy wife Elizabeth shall bear a son, and thou shalt call his name John. It says, and thou shalt, verse 14, and thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth, right? Verse 15 is what we'll focus on. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord and shall shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. And he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. Now, again, now this is somebody that's deemed as great and we know uh, was in the wilderness preaching the kingdom of God is at hand. Now, why would you publicly in the wilderness constantly be talking about the kingdom of God? the Messiah is coming unless you see something. Because otherwise, you look like a fool, <laughs> right? So he's talking about some, somebody that's coming and things that are happening that hasn't happened. People have been talking about for centuries. But he's like, oh, no, this is the time. So now, 
we've been hearing some things that's supposed to happen in the kingdom. So suppose God wants to use one of us to go, now this is the time. Can he? Now, now, but this is the key. You can't just say it because you heard about it. Because not only that, when Jesus showed up, he knew who Jesus was. Okay? Why? Because he was clear. Like there, there, was, there was something happening with his sight. That's why he always saw and heard God. And he, uh, John always saw and heard God's will. That's why he was out there preparing the way like that. Right? Now, let's go to Ephesians. It's going to make a case here because we're talking about vision, but uh, we're going to line everything up with his will and his word. So, Ephesians. I think I'm going to bring my old Bible back. This will just be the cute uh, read at home Bible. All right, so we'll, we'll lock in here at Ephesians. So people online, Ms. Lamar just broke in. So let us know he was here. When him and Zipporah show up, you're going to know it. He just broke back out. So I don't know what's going on with that guy. All right, so Ephesians 5, <laughs> verse 17. All right, Ephesians 5. 517. All right. It says, wherefore, be not, be ye not unwise, right? But understanding what the will of the Lord is. And so I was thinking through this when we were on Bible study fellowship, because we highlighted uh, our scripture for the week was uh, not, not this week. This week is Matthew 633, correct? Yeah. So last week was Psalm 119, or the first week? It was it what it was this past week or the week before? Yeah, so the week before, it's about two weeks ago, right? But somebody brought it up. Even um, uh, I think it was Friday when we were doing the um, uh, "What's your favorite scripture?" Was that this Friday? All the days were running together. Was that this past Friday? Okay. <laughs> We, we got a lot. They were, uh, hey, what's your favorite scripture and why is it your favorite scripture, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Trina, uh, she mentioned the possibility of running around with it. I, I was going to pick with her. But I'm not going to do that. All right. So Psalm 119, 11, it says, that word have I hid in my heart, right, that I might not sin against thee. Now, we understand that. When I'm in harmony with his will, I'm not sinning against God. I'm not separate from God's will. So, so, so here you have the psalmist saying, that word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. But I noticed something as, as we kept meditating on it. The scripture doesn't say, I probably have enough word in my heart to probably not sin against God. Now, the scripture says what? The word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee, right? But it doesn't say, eh, I probably got enough word in my heart that I probably won't sin against God. Well, what's the difference? I probably have enough word in my heart that I won't sin against God is saying, I got enough. I don't really need no more. 
I mean, I got so much. I probably, I probably ain't going to sin against God. The word of I hid my heart that I might not sin against God is saying, I'm going to stay keeping this word in my heart to make sure I don't sin against God. See the difference? Now, are we going to be detailed, exhaustive, and intentional about God's will? Because this is what vision is about, right? Are we going to make it plain, right? Because, you know, vision is about making it plain. So to make it plain, I have to be clear and concise in what I see, right? And, and I was thinking through this because as we were reading through the scripture that day, and this is why Psalm 119.11 came out. Uh, well, well, not that day, but I think this was this week. Uh, we were talking about translations. And I knew it was going to come up. So, I mean, I was at the gym, but I knew as soon as we read, uh, isn't it written in the book of Jasher? I, I was just waiting on it. I just purpose waiting on it. And I was like, man, we don't went through all this time. Ain't nobody said nothing about Jasher? These people? You know, and when we got to it, I think you said something, then today it came back up, right? And so, and so you notice when we started talking about it, we started talking about how certain books weren't, weren't canonized, right? And some, some people wrote in that time, just like we did the, the, uh, the I said the movie, we did the play based on the dream giver, right? So that's a book in our culture and in our time. Right? We've, we did a class on spiritual authority. That's a book in our culture in our time. Right? Right? You know, uh, we can go on and on and on on the different books. Like, I, I think uh, Healing the Sick by T.L. Osborne, to me, is like a manual. There's everything in there. It ain't just about every script, tons of scripture. It's a phenomenal book. Right? Um, so, somebody's saying, it's written in the book of Jasher. You know, you have, you have people, scholars at that time. Now, again, we're not talking about our time. We're talking about their time. Scholars at that time that, that, think about it. They weren't going to, they weren't on Facebook. They weren't on TikTok. They weren't going to the movies, <laughs> right? They wasn't watching TV. What do you, besides the people that were in sin, what do you think Christians' pastime was? You know what their TV was? The visions from God. And writing things down. Now, some people were exhaustive, detailed, and accurate. Some people, because they were exhaustive, detailed, and sanctifying themselves to hear from God. Some people were lazy. Some people summarized what they heard from God. Right? So, so when it came to lining up the books of the Bible, we, we, we don't need a summary. What did, what did God say exactly? Right? That's what you need. Right? And so, are we going to be detailed and exhaustive and intentional, make it plain, or are we going to summarize our entire life? See, see, God's given vision that's, that's detailed and specific for how our life is supposed to go, what's about to come, how to prepare for it, right? Are we embracing all of it or are we summarizing some of it? All right, okay, so now let's, let's just go here because we're talking about uh, seeing clearly, knowing what the will of the Lord is, um, not getting clouded from missing moments, right? Just making sure we're, on, we're, we're taking the same steps. 
as we climb this purpose mountain. All right, so Second Peter. All right, let's see. All right, we'll just start Second Peter chapter 1, and we'll just start at verse 1, okay? We'll start at verse 1. So Simon Peter, I'm sorry, I gave you some time to get there. Second Peter chapter 1, we're going to start at verse 1. Okay? All right, so Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our, and our Savior, Jesus Christ. It says, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Okay? You know, it's a good salutation to open things up. Verse 3, it says, according as his divine power has given unto us all things, look, not some things, all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue, right? This is whereby are given unto us, because this is after the colon, so it's connected to verse 3. It says, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, Right? That's things to come. And that, that by these ye might be partakers of his divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in this world through lust. Right? So this is assuming that we're operating this way. Right? Right? Divine nature, escaping corruption. Right? And we've, we've got beyond lust. And we have these great and precious promises, things to come. Right? And so vision shows us these great and precious promises, right? All right, but let's, let's keep on reading here. It says, have escaped the world through lust. Look, now verse 5 says this, and beside this, everything that we just read, it says, beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. Add to your virtue knowledge. Add to your knowledge temperance and to temperance patience and patience godliness and to godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness charity. It says, for if these things be in you and abound, so not just in you, but abound, that means you, you, you breathe these things, right? They make you that you shall neither be barren, that's totally without, right? No unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, right? Verse 9, so because if we're not barren and unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, we're, he's, we're abiding in him and we're going to... we're, we're his, the will is living on the inside of us, right? Because we know Jesus is the word, right? And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, right? Right, all right, good. Look at verse nine. But he that lacketh these things, all these things that we read, is blind and cannot see afar off. That's vision, right? And has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Now, if we're living in detail, we, we, we're, we're reading all of this. If we're living in summary, we'll just say, hey, you know, I just want, you know, I'm partaker of his divine nature, having escaped the corruption of the world through lust. Just summarize. Well, what does that mean? <laughs> in detail. Right? Now, now, again, we're trying to make sure we can make it plain. We can see afar off. We, we have vision operating. 
See, so, so then we can, we can flow like Joseph. Joseph had to see beyond the trials, right? Because otherwise, he had plenty of opportunity to give up. You got to be seeing something different to go from not just like a king's kid, a child of his father, right, to, you know, Jacob, Jacob turned Israel to you a slave. Like not you, you moved and you're just in a different place. You know, no, you're a slave. You're cut off from everything you had. Well, most people, they're giving up right there. They're done. He rose to the top. Now, you figure the years it takes you to, to rise to the top, right, as, as, and I'm a slave, I'm still serving someone that I would be lord over if I was still back at home. But he did it faithfully. Then he was offered a bribe from the wife. And he says, I can't sin against God. Versus, I shouldn't be in this situation anyway. I ain't do nothing. I'm getting mine. That's not what he was thinking. So he did the right thing, correct? And his reward was prison. For doing the right thing. Now, some people will be like, well, what kind of, God, like, I did the right thing in your sight. How am I in prison? But as we were talking about this morning, you got to let it play itself out. As we talked about let it work. See, but if you see God and you know how God operates, now, I don't understand why we're going through this. But since it's God, he know what he's doing more than I do. I know he loves me, and I know his plan is always better than mine. But you got to see different. You got to see different to not look, not magnify your circumstances over God's will for your life. If you can't see God's will for your life, all you'll see is the circumstance. See, without vision, my people, what? Perish, right? Sometimes they perish because they've given up on themselves. They've given up on what God has purpose and plan for their lives. You know, I, you know, I was thinking as I was meditating on this, I was thinking of, of, of me and Pastor Mel's life. Like for, for because I, I was having this conversation with the young man overseas today because he, he knows our, our, our situation. But he didn't know the details. I said, well, think about it because he's in a new situation. So he was in a, a phenomenal situation last year. Somebody offered him a better opportunity. He took the opportunity. And it's a tougher situation this year. But what it was is he was chilling last year, you know. Like he was comfortable. And now he's going through things. So I said, well, I said, you know, when you're going through different levels, it seems like something's coming against you. But now you have to win in that level. You have to pass your test at that level. See, we want to stay in the same like the same high school for 25 years, you know, where everybody think you, 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 you know, the girl or the man or whatever, you know, as opposed to evolving. Or we want to say at the same position where we sweet, we know more than everybody knows, 
you know, but when you, when you shift, well, there's different demands. And then a lot of people don't like the fact that you're there on that level. They wanted that spot. So you, you're going to go through things, right? So you stay with me. And so I was thinking about uh, us, and I was telling him, I said, I said, think about it. I, I mean, you know, Pastor Mel can speak for herself, but I was in full-time ministry, working for a church, had ministry platforms and the, with the, the football teams and this, that, and the other, you know, had television opportunities, all types of stuff. I'm not, I'm not rushing <laughs> to pastor nothing. Because the reality is, I remember telling one of the ministers at the church, I said, listen, people think is, is the, the future is all rock star. I said, right now I'm covered. I, I have my responsibilities. I take care of my responsibilities. I'm good. I don't have to worry about everybody else's stuff. They're responsible for that. Now, I'm, I might be overseeing, and, I, and, and, and there's a level of accountability there, but listen, I, I can just come, come and go. <laughs> Remember, I, the service would be over. We had to, it was like a stadium. I just go back down the tunnel. I'm out. <laughs> when I finish ministering, I'm gone. You know, like, I, and I, I said, so now go into a place where you are a covering. But in the, in the, I'll tell you this, in a thousand years, I never thought we'd be coming out here by ourselves. Because similar to like Joseph, like, wait a minute, after 18 years of service and prep, we're we going by ourselves? With $1,625 to a place we've never been? Like, I even thought it would, might not be there, but it would be like striking distance or something, you know. You know, because you've established, you've been in the community for 18 years. So, so people know you, you know, even in different parts. Even if it's 50, 60, 70-mile radius, people know you because you've had to minister or stuff like that, especially, you know, with some of the things I was doing. No. No 100-mile, no 200-mile. No, you're going somewhere nobody, well, Karen knew me, uh, but for the most part, nobody knows you. Like, you sure this is your plan, God? But you got to see something, right? You got to see something, okay? Stay with me here, y'all. All right, so envision you, you, you're, you're constantly consulting with God, right, for the details. Give us this day what? A daily bread, right? All right. And then, and so in that exchange, because prayer is what? It's a communication. So you, you're getting something from God, but you, you, it's an exchange. Some, but some people, they just petition. They just ask for what they want. But it's really a relationship, right? You're having an exchange. Now, you have a conversation with God, and you believe you hear from God, or you believe him for something. Most of the time, we go to God because there's things we want, Right? Um, and you, we say to ourselves, I don't believe God is answering my prayers, right? A lot of us have said that before. You know, I pray, but God's not answering my prayers. So we think God aren't answering our prayers because we, of how we're praying sometimes. And, and that might be the case if you don't understand prayer. But it's not because of how we're praying. It's because of how we're living. John, uh, John 9.31 says God doesn't hear the prayer of the sinner. So you're throwing stuff up, but it ain't reaching because there's a 
you put a cap on it and you don't even realize it, right? All right, so <laughs> see how we're living is affecting how we see his will. See, this is the confidence we have. If we pray anything according to what? His will, he what? He hears us. And we can have that we desire, right? But if we're not living right, we're not hearing right, and we're not praying according to his will. Right? The whole thing, delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart. He'll put his will inside your heart, and out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speak, and you'll be praying. What we're doing in prayer is we're speaking in harmony with God. We can't be singing a different tune. In some cases, singing a whole nother song. You come up here to praise things, start singing, and you know, you're on the road. This person over here is singing a whole nother song. <laughs> Pastor Mel said, that's a hot mess. You understand what I'm saying? Like, a whole, the notes mess you up as it is. But imagine somebody just singing a whole nother song. <laughs> what are you doing? Right? But this is what we do sometimes when we go before God. Now, stay with me. We're still talking about vision here. So, how we're living is affecting how we see His will. His will is His purposed vision for our lives. His will is his purpose vision for our lives. Now the scripture that we, we went through this well let's just we, I ain't that far away. Let's go to first John. We pretty much collectively quoted it, but just let's look at it. First John five fourteen. I know y'all was already there because that knew the scripture, right? Just set your eyes on it. I know you're watching online, but just set your eyes on it. I think it's important. This is, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us, verse 15. And we know that he hears us whatsoever we know that, and we know that he, he hear us whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. Right? So, how we're living is affecting how we see his will. And so, it's going to, so now we're not praying in harmony with his will. You see what I'm saying? So, we're not praying in agreement, so why would that manifest? All right? You got me there. All right, so, this is the, this is the thing. Because we talked about living in manifestation, you know, that's the vision. But purpose vision is this. It's living in the visions of God, not visiting only. Living in the visions of God. I'm going to let you guys read it when you have time, but 2 Samuel 7. You know, it's, it's one of my chapters that I read. Uh, and it's, it's, it's so powerful because it's just too much to read right now for the sake of time. But let's go to 2 Samuel 7. Okay, Lord, we'll go there. All right, so 
right, we're gonna we're gonna lock in on seventeen, but just just for back backdrop sake. So uh, verse one says, And it came to pass when the king sat at his house, and the Lord had given him rest round about from all his enemies. Now that would be good, right? Rest from all your enemies. That the king said uh, unto Nathan the prophet, See now I dwell in the house of cedar, but the ark of God dwelleth within curtains. And Nathan said unto the king, Go and do all that is in thine heart, for the Lord's with thee. Because he's saying, first of all, the enemies are, are stopped around you, you undefeated, you rolling. Nathan's like on the outside looking in, man, just go ahead and do what you want to do, man. God's with you. You could pretty much do everything. All right? But then God shows up. And it came to pass that night that the word of the Lord, the will of the Lord, the vision of the Lord came unto Nathan saying, go and tell my servant David, thus saith the Lord, shall thou build me a house for me to dwell in? Right? So then God starts to talk to him. I'm going to let you take the time out to read it for yourself. And, and so God talked about blessing David <laughs> through this process. Right? And then verse uh, 17, it says, according to all these words and according to all this vision, did Nathan speak unto David everything that God has said that he wanted to do? Because he said, God said, thine house and thine kingdom shall be established forever before thee. Thy throne shall be established forever. Right? Because God, God just really appreciates David being mindful of his house before his own. Right? And so he hears all these things in verse 18. Then went King David in and sat before the Lord. And he said, who am I, Lord? Who am I, O Lord God? And what is mine house that thou hast brought me hitherto? And this was yet a small thing in thy sight, O Lord God. But thou hast spoken also of thy servant's house for a great while to come in the future. And is this the manner of man, O Lord? And what can David say more unto thee, thou, for thou, Lord God, knoweth thy servant? For thy word's sake, and according to thine own heart, hast thou done all these great things to make thy servant know them. Wherefore thou art great, O Lord God, for there is none like thee, neither is there any God beside thee, according to all that we have heard with our ears. Right? And what one nation in the earth is like unto thy people, like Israel, so on and so forth. I'm not going to read that, that whole thing, right? Uh, verse 29. It says, therefore, now let it please thee to bless the house of thy servant that it may continue forever before thee. For thou, O Lord God, has spoken it. And with thy blessing, let the house of thy servant be blessed forever. David is having a conversation with God about what God said. <laughs> David is, is according to your will. Uh, when Mary responded to the Holy Spirit, she says, be it according to your word. <laughs> like, like, be it in harmony with what you're saying. Not, because I don't know what this is. Mary was like, I'm about to have a child. I ain't had, I ain't had no man. And you talking about, so that'd be one, that's a miracle by itself. But you're telling me, I'm going to be carrying the Messiah. Could God, could God, could God impregnate us? Will we carry the Messiah? Well, not, uh, not us, because I'm not carrying no baby. You know, that definitely would be supernatural, right? But you understand what I'm saying? But, but think about it. Could God use you like that? Messiah, that has never, no, you never saw him in your lifetime. You only heard about it. 
You only heard stories. And you're the person selected to carry God's gift to the world. You're just going to say, be it according to your will, Lord? Now, see, now when I, when, now when I make that statement, some of y'all sitting there saying, yeah, because you know that's what you're supposed to say. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about will you say it with the revelation of what it takes to do it? And some of you, I know some people sitting there, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, God's been asking you that for the last 20, 30 years. Because he has, what he has in you is going to impact the world. Are you saying be it, be it according to your will? See, you got to see something different to do that. Right? You got to operate something different. Right? Like when I read through Second uh, Samuel 7, it's like, wow. The whole thing is like, wow. It's from what David wanted to do to God showing up. It's like, listen, did I say I needed a house? <laughs> this is what I'm going to do for you. Like it's, it's, it's just the, the whole chapter, you, you got to read through it. All right, the whole chapter. But okay, so, so, so now we have his will, making sure you're not clouded to hear his will. What seeing and, and seeing purpose, vision, what it really looks like when God sends you purpose vision and what happens on the inside of you when you have to agree with something that has never manifested and it's going to happen through you and you can't do your normal defaults. You can't check Google. See if Google said, you know, uh, David Woods. Oh yeah. It's in Google. I can do this. I can do this. Google said it. You can't do that. You can't test the fellas or the girls. Hey, what y'all think? Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. You can't do It's God telling you something that no one else has seen. Including you. All right? Remember we talked about on Sunday, vision starts out with a level of uncertainty to it, okay? Now, again, we're not talking about conjuring up things because this is what I want to do. That's not what we're talking about. You, you're going to need God all the way through. See, there's a humility attached to it because you know only God can do it. And you, and you know you have to listen to God to go through it. But when we like, yeah, I'm about to do this, I'm about to do that, man, I ain't got nothing to do with God half of the time. All right, so now, 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 so, so when we lock into this thing, you notice what David did what? He spoke it into the atmosphere, all right? Remember, because we're vessels to be used. We're snared by the words of our mouth, life and death is in the power of the tongue. So let's go to 1 Corinthians 2. Now, now we, we know what we talk about a lot around here, verses 4 and 5. It says, my, Paul said, my preaching and teaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but was in demonstration of power. So your faith is not standing in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God, right? So we know that that's verse 4 and 5. Well, a lot of times we'll stop at verse 4 and 5, but let's just continue reading at, here at verse 6, right? So after that, it says, how be it, right? We speak wisdom among them that are perfect or complete or mature, yet not. So he's saying, your faith should not stand in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. And he's, 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 he's further explaining, so how are we speaking wisdom amongst the mature? You guys have all the accolades, 
right? So how be it we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor the nor of the princes of this world that come to naught, right? So at the highest level, most of the knowledge comes to nothing compared to the wisdom of God, right? Look, look, but we speak the wisdom of God. Look, 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 in a mystery, right? It says, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world under glory. So now he's talking about something different. He's saying, when, when, when wisdom is communicated and is coming from God, all the knowledge, understanding, the intellect, the higher level learning, the, the professors, the doctors, all of them are at like, see, so this is what wisdom does. Wisdom hits you in your heart and you go, now, I know that's true, but I never heard it before. Right? And, 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 it, and at the same time, it arrests every level of understanding you could possibly have. Like, before you even come up, you're like, man, listen. As soon as you hear wisdom from God, you're like, listen. <laughs> you, could, you could be as pious and as pompous and as arrogant as you want to be. When the wisdom of God show up, whatever he said, whatever she said, right? And this is what he's saying right now. He says, do you, do you, do, it's undeniable what you heard. You... It's, it's, you know it's true, but you, you never heard it before. And you know it's on a whole nother level. We talked about the different levels of intelligence. You know it's on an infinite intelligence level. But not because, Paul said, not because we're infinitely intelligent. What spoke through us is, what we're connected to is, 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 is way beyond super genius. Right? I did all the, the, the levels of intelligence a long time ago. So, we, so what he's saying is when we speak, we speak life-giving sound. We're speaking vision. Vision awakens people. So, so, so people are walking around blind in their arrogance, in their lust, in their selfishness, in their pompousness. When you speak vision from God into people, it awakens them. Right? It gives life to them. See, because you can have an elo, a eloquent dead man, right? It's really dead in their life because they don't have the life of God flowing through them because they're so callous and hard. They're blocking out the things of God. You know, that's what's going on a lot in our culture now. All right, now, okay, so, so we have, we got, don't be clouded. We've talked about the results of being clouded. We talked about how you can't see a far off. You can't see vision if you don't add diligence and the, and the patience and all those things that 2 Corinthians 1 says, right? Then we, we saw an exchange of a man of God with his servant of, of seeing and hearing vision and communicating the agreement of it in the atmosphere, okay? You see that so far. Right, because this, because when God starts to speak vision to us, even as a church, or speak to you and in the family, it's not enough to just acknowledge. Right, we got to continually speak it in the atmosphere. Something they decided to do for Bible study fellowship: keep having conversations about. 
the things that God is doing, you know, as he what? As we live in manifestation, right? All right, good. All right, so now, now, so we see the importance of being mindful of vision, staying with vision, speaking vision, communicating vision, and being in harmony, just keeping in the atmosphere, right? Snare by the words of your mouth. But what's been happening in culture and in a lot of our lives is uh, the, the, the young man I was talking overseas and the other young man is like, I said, you got to watch almost getting casual with the things of God because what you do is you'll lose sight of the word. And it's not like you're against the word. You could just kind of go without the appetite. So, so I, I don't know if I should say this. I might get in trouble. Pastor Mel, but I'm, I'm going I'm, I'm to have to say it. I'm going to have to say it. All right. So I didn't really eat much today. Oh, well, no, I'm just Well, no, no, no. Not like I did today. Today wasn't even intentional. So, so I started the day off with a half of a smoothie to go work out. Well, sometimes on Wednesdays, instead of going to work out, I'll stay in my study, do Bible study fellowship, take care of whatever I need to take care of, and then go to the gym later because it's Wednesday. My schedule is different on Wednesday. You know, normally I'll do this early in the morning. So I said, well, I ain't got much to do. So I'll just do my smoothie later. I'll have nothing. So I'm, I'm working and working and working. And I realized, wait a minute, I haven't had nothing. So I ate some, um, might be sunflower seeds, right? And so I ate the sunflower seeds and drank some water. Sunflower seeds, drank some water. So I was like, I'm almost done. But then I got into doing some other stuff. Right, stay with me. Well, I got to a point where I forgot that I was supposed to have some nourishment because I started feeling different, you know. And I was like, "What's going on with me?" You know. So maybe I should just go work out now, you know, because I'm not. I was losing my focus. But I did the sunflower seeds, whatever. So, so late later, I had the smoothie, right? And the reality is, I got so caught up on what I was doing, I forgot to take on the nourishment. It just faded away. Sometimes with water. Like, like, so sometimes I'll eat, and I got the water right there, but I'll get into what I'm doing, especially if I'm in a study. So I'm in there, I'm getting in, and I'm like, oh, I got to do this. I said, oh, you know what? I, I, I got to do this too. So when I'm finished this, I'm going to get that done too. And then when, then when I get that done, what I'm doing leads to the next thing. Oh, I'm going to knock this out too. Well, the water's still sitting there. I have not drank the water but I need nourishment. So, <laughs> so, so I'm looking at the screen and it's blur, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, so you know, I'm just telling you what happened. So it was blur. Well, you know why it's blur? I had no water. I'm not even hydrated. I said that to say, this is what happens when sometimes we get caught up and get away from the work. See, what I was supposed to do is do the nourishment first. That's what I was supposed to do. We're supposed to be doing this stuff first. So, so, so what happens is we'll fade away. Now, when we fade away, what's happened in culture, which we're not going to let it happen in our culture, what's happened in culture is people faded away, and they, it was like the word never existed. Let's go to 1 Samuel 3. So now if the word doesn't exist, God's will doesn't exist. It's God's will. Doesn't, I'm saying it exists, but it, it doesn't exist to us, right? 
We lose sight of the word, lose sight of his will. But guess what? We have no vision. And without vision, what? People perish. Another version says what? They stumble all over themselves. See, because if we don't have vision, I was watching this, uh, this series. And in the series, they got these geniuses, right? These geniuses, they all like in their culture, they was freaks of nature. But they got together like super geniuses. So there was an air traffic control where somebody had hacked the air traffic control where they couldn't communicate. So the geniuses was trying to figure out a way to help them communicate. And, and so the guy was like, he was mad at the guy. He was like, man, I'm not helping you. He said, well, if you don't help us, everybody's going to crash into each other because there's no communication. Communication helps people to stay in their lanes, to stay in harmony, and to flow together. Remove the communication, people could crash or stumble all over themselves, right? All right, so 1 Samuel 3, and we'll lock here on verse 1. It says, and the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. He says, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. And see, so, so when it's saying precious, it was saying rare. The word was rare in those days. Excuse me, I'm sorry. It says no open vision. So the Amplifier says this. There was no new revelation of divine truth. And see, these things we take for granted, but we don't understand our life is sustained. Our movement, our evolving is sustained with new revelation and divine truth. These people, they, this, was, this was one of those times when they call it the dark ages. This is one of those times in, 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 in life because there's no vision. There's no redemptive revelation. People aren't seeing how to navigate move, so they're stuck in time. So basically, God's will was rarely played off of. People was mostly playing off of their own understanding, their feelings, circumstances, all right? People, people moved with no vision. And when you do that, you walk right into perishing and destruction. All right? When you're walking with no vision. And, and we, we selectively walk in no vision when we think we can go without the word. See, the Bible says, give us this day our daily bread. It's daily nourishment we're supposed to be getting. It's not something we're supposed to, we treat it like it's optional. You know, well, I at least read twice a week. Do you eat just twice a week? <laughs> All right? So, so, you know, unless you have some type of health problem. All right, so let's look here at James chapter 1. James chapter 1. And I've been taking my time. I should have sped this up a long time ago. All right, so I'm going to speed it up a little bit, but not overkill where you think I'm rushing. All right. So James chapter 1, verse 5, it says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, 
that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given unto him. But, but let him ask in faith, not wavering, for he that wavers, wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. He wasn't even talking about wisdom at this point. He said anything, right? Right? And says, because we know a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Right? And, and, and so, so, so the key is, even when I go and I'm connecting with God to ask wisdom, for ask for wisdom, I can't be like guessing. So I have to be able to see God is real um, and diligently seek him because I know that he is. Hebrews 11, right? Without faith, it's possible to please God, right? Now, so, so the key here to operating in pur- purpose vision and, again, in the vision that we have for this year, living in manifestation, is to be submerged in vision. Now, I'm going to explain because I kind of made a case up to this point, submerged in vision. So not, there's not something, vision is not something we're supposed to visit. This is, we, we should be engulfed in vision. Now, the scripture says, now, now, now we could tell it was God's intent because, uh, well, for the sake of time, I, I won't go there, but Joel 2, 27 and 28, it says, but in, 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 in the Joel, G-O-E-L. All right, so what happens? So he said, what, what is he going to do? In a, in a, in a, right. So he said, so in these times here, he says, well, I'm going to pour out my spirit. Right, and it says what, the, uh, the old man should dream dreams and the young men shall see visions, right? But then he said he's going he's gonna to pour out his spirit on the handmaidens and all that. Now, now why is God, he could talk about anything. Why is he pouring out a spirit on anybody? And then he said, wait a minute, he said, the old men shall dream dreams. Now, why does the old man have to dream dreams? Well, the reason why I have to dream dreams is because a lot of times when they're alert, they lean into the, the understanding of, of, of their experience. So we got to put that conscious asleep so you can see, you can have night visions. That's, that's your dreams, right? It says the young man shall, 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 shall see visions because, you know, young men are dreamers and they still, they don't have as much experience to get in the way, right? And so, so, so again, but, but God could have said anything. Why is he pouring out his spirit? See, basically, he's, he's, he's dipping us in vision, right? See, Acts, Acts chapter 1. Let's go there. Acts chapter 1. Please, 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 let me get to the, to the conclusion of the matter. Acts chapter 1. And we'll start at verse 16. It says, men and brethren, this scripture must needs be fulfilled, which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spake before Cornelius, uh, uh, spake before concerning Judas, which was God to them that took Jesus. For he was numbered with us and had obtained a part of the ministry. Now this man purchased the field with the reward of iniquity, falling headlong, and he burst asunder. Uh, he, he, he burst asunder in the midst. And all his bowels gushed out, right? It says, and it was known unto all the dwellers of Jerusalem, insomuch that the fields call uh, in their proper tongue out, uh, 
Akadama or whatever. That is to say the field of blood. Now, now, you know, for it is written in the book of Psalms. But the interesting thing is, how is David talking about something that's happening in their time? How, how, because he had to see something, right? Yes, he had to see something different. Like he had to be so, uh, see, the thing is, he, he was David. Remember we talked about David having all the anointings, right? The, the, uh, the leper's anointing, the priestly anointing, and the kingly anointing, right? And see, so the thing about those anointings is uh, the, the first one is you're indwelled with the spirit. So you know, when, you, uh, when you experience the new birth, so you're indwelled with the vision. The second one is um, you're, you're infilled, you know, baptism of the Holy Spirit, you're infilled. You are filled with vision. The third one is outpouring or you're submerged in vision. And this is all these levels are to unveil vision, right? So, so, so we know this about the Holy Spirit because th- this was Acts chapter 1, 16, and he was talking to him at 16, but we know Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he says, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you'll be a witness unto me to, to Judea, Samaria, to the other most parts of the world. Now, we know all these, this is in Acts chapter 1 is in between what? It's right before you get to Acts chapter 2. What happened in Acts chapter 2? It says they was what? Filled with, clothing with tongues of fire. They was filled with what? The Holy Spirit, right? Right. All right, so, so again, and then it's, it says they started to what? Prophesy, right? Right? And then so people from other countries came and said, hey, they're speaking in our language. So they're speaking out the glory of God, the purpose of God, the vision of God, the will of God in languages that they don't have. So now people were scattered for the longest. This is where they got an agreement. It's like being at a supernatural United Nations, right? Now, now why is that important? Because being submerged in the spirit is being, is, 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 is being submerged in vision because what? The scripture says the Holy Spirit will what? Show us things to come. Right? John chapter 16, verse 7, right? He'll show us things to come, right? Again, when we're submerged in the Holy Spirit. Like, and if you think about now, when you go back to 1 Corinthians 12, uh, verses 1 through 7, it talks about the gift. You know, it talks about their uh, difference of, of operations with the same God, difference of administration with the same Lord, right? Right? Why are we saying it wrong? Right? And then it says difference of, let's say, operations administrations. Uh, what's the third one? Um, nah, it's, it's, it's first Corinthians 12, so I, I'll just go there real quick. I'm not going to read the whole thing for the sake of time, but it says now concerning the spiritual, concerning spiritual gifts, I would not have you ignorant, right? Uh, on verse four, it says there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit, right? Diversities of administration, but the same Lord. Diversities of operation, but the same God. All right, so the gifts are dispersed. The spirit disperses the gifts. But if you notice, all the gifts are revealing God's will. Right? So if you think about interpretation, uh, uh, well, well, tongues and interpretation, you think about prophecy. Right? You think about all these things. These uh, 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 gifts of faith, a working of miracles. All these things are or manifesting God's will, right? This is 1 Corinthians 12. Now, he says you can have all these gifts, but you don't have love, right? You, 
you might as well be a clanging symbol, right? For, then it says, you know, then it breaks down love, the importance of love. Then, it's, then, he, then he goes, breaks down love, love, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. But then when he gets to verse 11, uh, he says, when I was a child, I was a child, I was a child. But when I became, when I matured, I put off childish things. Well, children can't see. They can only see what's in front of their face, right? Then he explains it in the next verse, verse 12, 1 Corinthians 13, 12. And he says, you know, you know now, now we're looking through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I'll know even as I'm known by God. Because what? I'm submerged in vision, right? That's, and that's, that's, that's 1 Corinthians 13. Then you go to 1 Corinthians 14. He opens up with 1 Corinthians 14. And we'll go over there real quick. You know, so because so, he was just talking about love in chapter 13, so he says, follow after charity or love and desire spiritual gifts, right? But rather that you may prophesy. So that's God speaking through you his will, right? And then uh, verse 2, it says, for he that speaketh in an unknown tongue. Now, now he's talking about our devotional language, right? The utterance and the groanings that, that the Holy Spirit speaks through us that we can't speak, Romans 8.26. He says, for he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth them, how be it. Look, in the spirit, he speaketh mysteries. Right? So, so again, the, the Holy Spirit is, is uttering groanings, Romans 8.26, coming out of us speaking. Remember we talked about David communicating to God what God was saying. That's spoken in the atmosphere, and that's how... God's will manifests in the atmosphere. We get in agreement with what God is saying, right? And so when the Holy Spirit speaks through us, he's praying the perfect prayer because the perfect prayer is in line with God's will. So he's utters groanings that we can't speak, but why can't we speak them in the natural? Because we'll lean to our own understanding and get in the way or not clearly in detail speak out the vision that God has placed on the inside of us because we'll second guess it or we'll go, well, well, well I'm not saying it could happen exactly like that, that. That's not, that's the, you know, I mean, it, it may be a variation. No, no. Well, where did that come from? That came from here. That didn't come from here. But the Holy Spirit will speak out exactly what God is saying. If we're submerged in the Spirit, which, of course, keeps us submerged in, uh, in, in um, vision. See, we can't speak what we can't see. And that's why we have to make sure we have a clear vision and clear sight because we'll speak what we see. Look, okay, so if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, Lord Jesus, is that right? Believe your heart. Yeah, you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. So I'll make sure I have right, the Lord Jesus. And believe God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Right? Right? So with the heart, man, what? Believeth. And with the mouth, confession is made unto what? Salvation. <laughs> Salvation means what? Wholeness. Wholeness. So that's covering everything, right? So when I speak out in the atmosphere, what I believe that's been placed in my heart by God, it's made unto salvation the whole picture taken care of. You see what I'm saying? So that's why it's important that we, out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speak, it's important that we submerge ourselves in the spirit. The Bible says, I have an unction from the Holy One and I know all things. I don't guess. I know, 1 John 20, 21, right? So, 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 so 
To operate in purpose vision, we got to be submerged in vision. To be submerged in the spirit is being submerged in vision because the spirit searches the deep things of God. We didn't keep going in 1 Corinthians. We went through 6 and 7. When you get to 9, it says, I have not seen or ear have heard nor entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for us. But, but it also says, but, but the spirit knows these things. It says, no man knows the spirit of a man, but what? No man knows a man except by the Spirit. It says the Spirit searches what? The deep things of God. So, so the Spirit is tapped into the details of vision and purpose. Right? And so the more, the, the more we engulf ourselves in the Spirit, we can't help but to see and speak what God is saying into the atmosphere. That's when you decree a thing. And it shall be established. Right? So I, I wanted to give us the spirit angle. I wanted to get into us not being aimless or not being inaccurate, but we'll do that uh, the, next, the next Wednesday that I share. <laughs> all right? So that's all for today. Anything that uh, uh, stood out for you, got you know, I wasn't trying to be deep, but just wanted to, you got to explain things in detail. Because otherwise, you know, when you start to see the pattern, you can embrace something better, you know, when you start to see how it connects. So any thoughts or insights based on what you heard? What it make you think about what are you deciding to do differently?